Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. Hey, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Chris. How's it going? I, I heard you just made it through, what, fourth spring, fifth spring? <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, we joke about it, but then literally it happened. And, like, the, <laughs> uh, we've, we've actually, actually, as a family, we've been trying to ban the word literally from our vocabulary because we overuse it. We literally overuse it. So I keep catching myself when I say it. But anyways, yes, it actually was a second or fourth spring, I don't know, and then fourth winter. And now it's all melted again. <laughs> so hopefully we're we're actually in the clear now this time, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a nice uh, meaningless intensifier, like, like literally or like, or um, and the other, <laughs> the other such fluency words that we all throw about on podcasts. Um, we, yeah. we set like <laughs> a, I think a near record high yesterday, but the, all the cherry blossoms are starting to come out in the neighborhood, which is really nice. Yes. Yeah. That's the Good, looking for the signs of spring for real here and we're we're in a new house new yard and so we're trying to figure out what is actually going to what's what's alive in our yard and what's dead <laughs> that they they made look alive right what, <laughs> no what do you in, need to plant or, or replant yeah so that's our our spring agenda and, and organizing our garage and all those fun projects so but yeah there's so, still time for video games while it's cold yeah i mean we we need to avert days. our eyes from the beautiful outdoors and back to the <laughs> the the screens that have been Important occupying things. our time through the cold months yeah so let's go to switch corner what's what's new in switch corner for you um we, you know we're pretty pretty routine we, we haven't gotten any new acquisitions um my son and i did go back and play uh some conduct together which i think we talked mm. about on a very early episode of this show and it's now been long enough that age-wise and skill-wise, um, he is a uh, much better partner at not crashing trains. <laughs> so it's it's like we've talked about before on the show. There's there's sort of these these big jumps that happen around around this age, you know, six, seven, eight uh, in skill. Um, so that's yeah. been that's been fun. Uh, we we played a few rounds of that. Um, I haven't been playing Hades as much, but I saw it won a BAFTA, uh, which is what British. Some British award. Arts. It's like the British featured the arts. Arts, I yeah, yeah. I should probably have looked that up before mentioning it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's nice to see you know sort of uh, video games and other interactive media, you know, getting the recognition of these these sort of classic. You know, it's not just the video game awards on Spike TV or well, I'm dating myself there because I don't think that channel exists anymore. But um, it's it's you know video games are recognized as a significant contributor of art and, and culture when, when they're done well. And there's certainly many games like Hades like that out there. I think we keep hammering on how, how much amazing art is getting created in, in the, in the indie game space. Yeah. Yeah. Hades is still one of those ones where I keep going to. And then I like, I, again, like I remember I had breath of the wild, finished that first mm-hmm. and started another adventure game, but, um, and I definitely want to check it out because it's, it's not just you that I keep hearing about it from, but everywhere, even still, it's like there's multiple references to Hades being such a great game. And so on the list, uh, and luckily it, it's hopefully won't disappear much like what Nintendo's doing with Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And I actually do, I am having this weird like FOMO. I almost went to the uh, like local Walmart website or Best Buy, I can't remember, and like was going to order it because I thought 
it's disappearing. Like I, I'd kind of like to have this game to play, even though it's been sitting there for whatever, a month now, I guess online, I could have bought it at any point, right. didn't and have survived just fine without it. <laughs> but there's something about it disappearing that I'm having this stupid FOMO about. And, um, I, I keep reminding myself, like, I think I said last episode that likely it's, they're going to do something with it all, else with it down the road. I was, I would think they won't just vault it, but maybe they will just do it vaulted in every once a year, every couple of years, they'll release it again or whatever. But, um, yeah, the, the, the idea that just for anybody who's like me feeling that and you actually want to give into it, there is still physical copies that will be floating around the various retail chains for, I'm sure, a few weeks here anyways. And and to go grab one if you really, really want it or never played those games because they are fun games in the Mario universe. So I coincidentally saw a couple uh, articles that listed like the, the 30 most the best um, Mario games to play or whatever across all the different genres of Mario games and stuff. And so that kind of got me into the mood of thinking i should be replaying that and i actually pulled out super mario brothers 3 on the nes uh, emulator Mm -hmm. on the switch and started running through that because i think that was one of the or the super nes sorry Uh, i never had a super nes and so it was a bit fun to start running through that but then i was kind of like you know what i have also this switching to pc slash xbox corner i have this xbox with the game pass that we're gonna is gonna expire <laughs> again the gluttony of choice here right is gonna expire and i know star wars squadrons is actually for free on that or part of the deal that we paid a oh, dollar for how, three or four months of how game is that pass. so it's it's good like it's it's really immersive it feels really like a flight sim in star wars space i didn't give it enough time to get good at it i got i played it enough to be frustrated by it i guess and so and having three kids watching while i was doing it telling me all the things I was doing wrong. Um, and so if you can imagine, like it's one thing, a flight simulator game where you're flying through the sky and you know that the ground is going to, like if you hit the ground, you're going to crash obviously, but in space where, and there's something about the the way the controller works, they do something different with, because it's, um, I chose the, the uh, dark side of the, the storyline or whatever. And so in a, oh, my mind's blanking now, not the X-Wing. High fighter. Um, TIE fighter. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, in sort of like the rolling aspect of space and the way you can control that, there's something about that, that was definitely like added a, a extra bit of complexity to it. And not that you can't roll in a normal plane, but anyways, the having things be above you, below you, around you that you can crash into, as opposed to a plane, normally you're, you know, in fairly open space. I definitely crashed a lot more trying to track somebody, uh, a rebel or whatever that was trying to track around a star destroyer and the other objects in space. And you kind of like forget about where, how big your, your own ship is relative to everything else. And so, um, I didn't get any of the, I'd heard another podcast, uh, Dave, uh, Rupert, my friend, uh, his show, um, a side quest, they all talked about how they all got sort of vertigo and actually felt nauseous playing the game. And that was on PC and maybe with a bigger, I mean, not a bigger monitor, I guess my TV is pretty big, but, um, on Xbox, I didn't feel any of that at all myself as far as squeamish playing the game. Um, but again, I didn't go that far down the, the path so far yet. So, uh, But it's definitely fun. Like, I enjoy, if you're a Star Wars fan, I mean, it's it's a fun game to to play and, and feels immersive enough to into that Star Wars universe that it's worth worth checking out if you're able to for whatever reason. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, the, the kind of game that would get me onto a platform that I don't currently have, for sure, like we've, we've talked mm-hmm. about before. You know, the, the, the 3D and the rolling reminded me of, um, I remember playing Descent and Descent 2 when they first oh, came yeah. out, um, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, there have been other 3D shooters of that era, um, but because of the way they did the maps, you know, you're in these tunnels, but sort of which way is up was like 
something that could change as you as you move through there. And so there there were there were areas where you would intentionally want to roll your ship around. You weren't just like walking around on the ground of the tunnel like in a like in a traditional shooter uh, FPS at the time. Um, I remember that one feeling a little disorienting and having to use the tab map overlay a lot to like, wait, wait which way's the door <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I wonder if I would have, uh, usually okay with that kind of complex spatial stuff, but I wonder if I would have a similar uh, uh, feeling as, as some of your friends have had uh, if, I, if I got a chance to play squadrons. Yeah, it's kind of that, just because of it's a video game, you don't have that awareness of like, how big you are, you know, in the space. Whereas even in, I remember playing descent and maybe it was just cause it was more pixely too. It wasn't as realistic in terms of the spatial recognition of where you were in the space too, that it definitely felt a little easier, but it, it, yeah, it was more blocky, I guess. than whereas this is feels much more dynamic and obviously way better physics going on in the, in the game. So, um, the other one that actually in terms of Xbox and PC related connections is uh, No Man's Sky added an update. I haven't, did you ever play No Man's Sky for anything? A, a very, a very small amount. Um, I think, yeah, so I had to, it was one of those games where I had to dual boot into Windows to play. And so that, that activation energy always meant that it was pretty rare that I would sit down and play. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I got into a little bit, you know, crafting a few things and doing some of the initial stuff, but I never, I've never got into it. And I know it's expanded a ton uh, since then, um, I think that's one where, yeah. you know, I don't think my son could play it yet, but he would probably just enjoy watching me play. Um, but then that goes to, we just haven't had that kind of, uh, time really for games, you know, where, where you can sit down and do a multi-hour session on a planet somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the kind of game that I think if my kids had the, had a Saturday to play, like I used to. <laughs> where my parents just were like oh he's playing video games good and uh, left me to play civilization for 16 hours or whatever straight oh, i played so much um, civilization it's ridiculous <laughs> that's where i feel like my kids would like live in a game like this but because they have such focus we have like for good reason but you know you have a one hour window it's a lot to dive into this deep of a game right um but it, but they just added uh what they, they're calling expeditions but if you've ever seen the tv show amazing race it kind of sounds like that where you're basically sent around, except this is in space, obviously, uh, sent around the world uh, to complete tasks and get to the, your next destination before the other people do. And it's just a race, you know, in in Amazing Race case, it's in, in the world, obviously, and in the space in, in No Man's Sky. And I can see it being a lot of fun to do with friends where you're, you know, cooperatively playing uh, over it and trying to complete tasks before the next person gets there. And you might, you know, run into them as you're flying or whatever from one, one planet to the other or on the planet racing across. And it's kind of like what I see from like even something as simple as fall guys where there's, it's less like shooting each other, killing each other. It's not explicitly a sports game like hockey or basketball, but it's kind of this, you know, hybrid of just running around a map. Some of the Minecraft mini games, if you've ever played those or right. my kids have a lot of fun with those with their friends where it's just kind of silly, you know, trying to knock the blocks out from each underneath other people and, and things like that. And it's just um, a good sort of couch co-ops thing. Although I guess No Man's Sky probably is not a couch co-op because you, I think you have to have your own. Yeah, it, it's an device. interesting kind of uh, design exercise, right? Because obviously everything about the game was built around sort of the original No Man's Sky experience. But now you've got this engine, you've got this procedural world, and then and you've got the business question of how do we keep players, uh, new players coming in? How do we keep existing players staying? Um, and, and so you started thinking of those sort of like weird, fun, you know, co-op game modes that you can kind of bolt on as an update. You know, it's, there's not as much work, presumably, I mean, relative to a, a game like this, 
you, they probably weren't building a ton of assets for this game mode, right? Like they just had to define the rules yeah. pretty much within the existing world and, and test those out. So, you know, it's a, it's a lower effort way of adding a big content update to your game, which is, which is pretty clever and, and interesting. Um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And there's just, I mean, there's something fun about just like rendezvous points in space. Just mm -hmm. that phrase to me is like a fun, <laughs> conjures up some sort of fun, I guess, going along with the Star Wars thing. And then even back to like old school gaming, like trade wars, bulletin board games and stuff like that, where you're mm -hmm. flying through space, just mm -hmm. delivering cargo, nothing fancy, but like how fun that was or whatever. And so for, for me, it was always yeah. escape velocity that, that series, you know, just running around oh, yeah. the little planets and delivering cargo yeah. and yeah. deciding whether <laughs> to align yourself with the rebels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just, in brief, Fortnite pulled me back in again because they added dinosaurs. <laughs> and so we had to try that. <laughs> I mean, like, dinosaurs are great, phrase. whether you're five yeah. or older. Yeah, and so it it's very much the Jurassic Park. It's not an official Jurassic Park kind of tie-in as far as I'm aware. Nothing that I've seen anyways that is a merchandise or, or a... Um, it's an IP tie-in or whatever, but uh, it definitely is like velociraptors running around the island and you can shoot them. And then my sons convinced me to try and I'd killed a wolf. And so I had some meat and then they thought I should just hold the meat out for the velociraptor and that would tame it somehow. And apparently there is a way to tame them somehow, but it did not work. It did not go well for me. And the velociraptors, they did not like the meat. They much preferred my body <laughs> as far as eating. I mean, you are made of meat. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, uh, if there's a way to tame the wolves and the, and the, or the dinosaurs in the game, I have yet to discover that, but definitely adds a bit of weird fun to the game. And somehow you can upgrade your weapons with meat. That part, I understand it's a little bit like Minecraft. You can, but I don't understand the, the science behind that, but I guess why would, why would it make I, sense? I mean, but, it's Fortnite. It probably doesn't matter too much as long as, no. uh, as long as the kids keep playing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just enough to hook them back in that seasonal thing and so yeah bleeding out or, or leaking out new content every so often so yeah it's it's a one with it's fun enough to go pull you back in see how they implement dinosaurs try to play a couple of games i got i came in fourth one time so it's for me it's a little bit like golf where i tried i have one good game and thinks oh i should keep playing this and then the next five or whatever games i play of it i'm always last and killed by some eight-year-old so <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is very much like golf. So how about you, uh, what's going on in Apple corner? Should we jump to Apple? Yeah. Um, you know, just a, uh, on the sort of business plan side of thing. Um, apparently I didn't realize this, but when we upgraded my wife's laptop, we got three months of Apple arcade free. So it like stopped the timer on our subscription for a while. Um, so we, we weren't paying and then it was going to renew, but we decided, Oh, now is finally the time with all the stuff that's bundled. And I think our free TV plus is about to expire. So we, we, we activated the Apple one bundle, um, and tied it to our, you know, iCloud family and all that. So continuing to keep all the subscriptions we already have, but it, it saves, a, it's going to save us a few bucks a month, I think, uh, which is nice. Um, yeah, the, since we were already paying for, you know, upgraded storage and all the other, um, all the other stuff. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but finally, uh, remote, screen time management for the family iPad started working again from my phone. So like I can change the settings there. I, some combination of iOS updates on between the two devices. And because what used to happen is I could see it, but I couldn't load any data and I couldn't make any changes that would actually have an effect, but now it's working again. Um, and, 
we did have to make some adjustments because there was a, a little bit of morning playtime going on. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a little bit more restricted again. Um, I was also restricting some of the other content access, but that was interfering with some of the school links he was getting for remote school. Um, so I had to, yeah. I had to open, you know, YouTube back up again and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a fun <laughs> trying to navigate that being the IT admin for yes. your family. And like, you think you've got everything set up perfectly. And then there's the one user who comes along with some weird oddball app they need to install. And it's your kid, except he just needs to access this, a weird video. The teacher sent that yeah. helps them <laughs> and it, it ends up costing you an extra 15 minutes of trying to unlock this or that. And yeah, especially on the Mac side of it, it felt very Although you're on the iPad, I guess, too. But um, I remember the Mac especially was very frustrating to try and deal with browsers and where they might go. And then they want to print. And somehow I deactivated the printer in this security settings. And so then it was like, do you want to allow like and then this like really opaque messaging thing that's kind of vaguely alluded to the printer uh, bundle of some sort? And it was like, I think we do. A memory then, of a printer somewhere, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm oh, glad it's working yeah. for you. A lot, of, a lot of those security features are are good in the abstract, but when when you just want to get some something going, and especially for a kid who just needs to see some content, uh, it can be pretty frustrating when those barriers pop up. Um, yeah. As far as arcade games, uh, we did try Cozy Grove. Um, and, and speaking of screen time, I actually had to adjust the content or allow an exception because it's rated 12 plus for some reason. And I'm not really sure why, because uh, it's at least what I've seen of the game so far, um, other than a lot of the characters you interact with being like dead slash ghosts, there's nothing like, there's no like horror elements to it or gore or anything, at least so far. Uh, but it's, it's again, got that cute, you know, sort of hand-drawn art style and, um, and the the premise is basically you're you're like the equivalent of a of a scout who's been sent to this island to help the spirits there, you know, find their final rest by resolving whatever uncompleted tasks. So it's it's running around and you know doing little quests, but it's um, again it, it it's a cute art style and, and my son seems to like it. And does it feel is it um, difficult or he's able to like run with run it on his own or does he need some help sometimes unlocking? He, he can drive around find uh, where he's needed help is um, you know when he just can't find like the fourth seashell for the quest right and and so there is a little bit of the um, the pixel hunting uh, aspect to it where it's like oh you you didn't get all the way over to this corner of the beach to check for the, the items for the quest you're currently on. So that, that's a, right. a little bit of a downside. Um, so maybe, maybe that's maybe more where the, the age rating comes in is that a, a slightly older kid is going to be a little bit more of a completionist for, for some of the quests. Yeah. There's actually another one. Um, I forgot to put it in the notes here, but I saw it is either coming. Maybe it's just cause it was coming at the time. Maybe it's, is it out now? The farm it UK. Oh yeah. I got the like- notification for that one, but I have not tried it. It looked like a good, yeah, yeah. uh, kind of casual idle game. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Very cartoony, like definitely not even like Sim farm level or whatever <laughs> the, the latest. I know there's like, yeah, you can be a full on farmer running the machinery and stuff. That's not, it's not that it's more like, uh, cartoony, uh, what's that? There was that one like hairdresser company, the, they had like a hairdresser app and then like a, it was really popular. For oh, uh, Tokoboka. iOS. Yes. Those ones. Yeah. yeah it looks sort of that similar style to that anyways, but yeah, um, my, my son has a bundle of those on the, on the family iPad and he doesn't really play them anymore. I think they were for a younger age, but 
the the idea of like oh i you know i gave this guy purple hair or i you know i fed him a salmon smoothie or whatever silly combination you could come up with in the game was always fun yeah and then i think farm it looks a little more like there's actual games involved but but probably still is i would guess marketed at the younger i mean the company's name is tummy games so maybe yeah i'll, I'll have to report uh, back uh for for our next episode yeah, it's definitely uh, that we'll we won't we'll quickly gloss over, but there's definitely rumors swirling with Apple having a worldwide developers conference announced in June, and uh, and so we'll see what happens with Apple TV. But don't hold your breath. Uh, what's happening tabletop corner? We I'll just say right off the front here, we've done nothing. <laughs> we my wife and I were actually just, just talking about the other day of how we've kind of gotten into this rhythm of like after supper we'll go outside if it's nice, if it's not, kids sit around reading, so we're good, and let's just. Uh, avoid uh trying to accomplish too much in the <laughs> evening these days and so <laughs> we i don't know if it's just life or whatever but yeah we actually haven't pulled out games or anything kind of the post christmas whatever uh kind of game overdose maybe and so yeah after easter coming up here we might pull some stuff out again but what, what have you guys been doing yeah we had, we had a little bit of a, a lull i think in in gameplay for similar reasons um but we um my son and i played a round of fossilus uh over the weekend so that was that was fun again um uh, and then, you know, we, we try to fit in like a quick game of like Uno or, or Flinch or one of those light, uh, card games now and again. But yeah, I think especially with kind of, you know, the usual school and work schedule, it's like, oh, we're getting dinner ready. Now it's dinner. Now we're getting ready for bed. Now it's bedtime. You know, there's, there's not a lot of, um, time to squeeze in a game except on the weekends. And then weekends have been more family related adventures. Um, that said this past weekend, uh, I had a lot of fun running, a Dungeons and Dragons game for two of my old uh, high school friends who I'm still in touch with. Um, and we, that was our, my original experience with D&D was playing uh, at the time, uh, a D&D second, well, it's kind of two and a half edition, although they didn't call it that. Um, and then third edition and, and onwards. Um, so we, we played a lot when we were in high school and then we've kind of always had a tradition of getting together for, you know, a, a, a one shot weekend here or there. And, um, one of them actually ran a game for my bachelor's party, uh, a number of years ago. So it was fun, <laughs> but yeah, we, we hadn't played fifth edition together before. And, uh, this is the first time I tried out all the tools. So I set up a discord, I set up the campaign in the D and D beyond official tools. And there's an official, uh, discord bot called Avery that integrates, the online campaign tools with your discord channel uh and and everything right so like someone wow. can be viewing their character sheet on the web you know click like click to roll an attack and the bot prints out in the channel the results for everyone to see um it's, oh, wow. it's a really slick integration and then the, the bot itself is extremely customizable so you can pull in modules from from all over that do additional things for specific rules or specific worlds that you want to play in um, and you can, it, it's got a limited version of the Python uh, programming language. So you can write, you know, whatever little macros and stuff you want. Um, I didn't, I didn't invest in that. So, but I could see it being, uh, if you're a really serious frequent player, you could write a ton of customizations for your, your campaign for all the, the custom, you know, spells and monsters and, and whatnot that you've, you've concocted, um, and yeah, it was, it was really fun. We, we started, uh, like I, I was, I was the DM. We started them at first level. They were each playing two characters for sort of balance reasons, but they, they managed to clear the abandoned village of goblins. And now, you know, they're, 
their next uh, quest is to go rescue the villagers. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if we can get together again. Probably, probably going to try. We we did kind of all day Saturday schedule allowing, but we're probably going to try to do some you know two to three hour uh, evening sessions um, here and there uh, to just kind of get back in the swing of it. It's it's a lot of fun and and it's a good time to catch up and just kind of hang out. Yeah. What's the, in terms of like your, the time, even like sort of your setup time to get ready for it, I guess there's, you know, time just messing with tools and stuff, but like the time to set up the game as the DM. And then you said you spent a good portion of Saturday playing it. And, uh, and also like the, is it sort of like your, is it more casual in terms of like when you're playing, you're still able to ask about life stuff or is it more like everyone gets pretty focused in on the game? Yeah, I mean, you know it, I mean? It, it varies a lot. And, and I think it's true of any RPGs, whether you're using a D&D or, or another system. Um, you know, so for this one, like I used a, a store-bought, a published adventure, right? I wasn't creating my own world. So I just right. had to familiarize myself. I had to read through it, make sure I knew, you know, which parts I wanted to use. Um, and there was a little bit of extra time getting the whole Discord integration set up, but that was kind of fun anyway. Um and then uh, a little bit of extra time sort of re-familiarizing myself with 5th edition rules because the, the edition I played the most was 3rd third, uh, third edition. Um, and, and there's some slight changes, but overall the shape of the rules are the same. Um, in terms of while we're actually playing, yeah, I mean, we, we did a lot of crosstalk or even, you know, joking about, you know, old adventures that we had played in the past. Um, you know, this particular group likes a relatively sort of combat heavy adventure, you know, so creating characters that are really good at, you know, blowing up bad guys, right? Um, other groups will get much more into the role playing aspect where they they really know the personalities of their characters and their backstories. And and so it's almost more of like a, an improv theater uh, collective right. storytelling. And in that case, it's a lot harder to have heart, side conversations. At least that's you know, been my experience when I've played in more role-playing heavy campaigns. Um, in terms of prep, the dungeon master generally has a little bit more work to do than the characters. Um, but, and, and also the more, the more you do ahead of time, the, you generally, the smoother the play session will go. And so, especially if you have limited time where you can get everyone together, it's better to do more of that, you know, offline, uh, ahead of time in, in whatever free time you may have, um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really fun to get back into it and try all the new tools. And, uh, I think, I think you had talked about, Oh, maybe we need to get a, a good stuff campaign together. Uh, I know a few of us are familiar with playing, so that, that could be fun sometime. Do a quick little one shot. Yeah. Maybe for uh, fifth winter when it hits here, mm-hmm. <laughs> it does feel like there's like a, I don't know if you have the sense where you are, like whenever a little, uh, rabbit trail here, but when, um, spring is coming or has, has arrived hopefully and winter leaves. And there's a bit of like, for me anyways, a part of like, Oh shoot, all those things I wanted to do while we're allowed to be air quotes, allowed to be inside and, and can't be outside are I'm running out of time to do those. And like, so whether it's watching a movie or playing a video game series or like a D and D thing too. And obviously nothing prevents you from doing those things when it's nice out, but there's kind of this almost guilt about <laughs> right. taking up a Saturday, uh, especially in Canada here where I am, where like, we have whatever four months of the year where it's actually nice enough to be outside and, and enjoying it. Might as well take advantage of that. And then the rest of the time you are inside where it's, you don't die. And so, <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, that's a, a little bit of like the weather guilt or something. I don't know what, what it's, whatever the technical term is, but yeah, definitely something I remember from, from growing up in, in Minnesota, you know, when, when winter really was the time to be, um, stuck inside with whatever projects you might have or, or reading. Although, I mean, we certainly growing up, we also had those very hot and humid summers where, uh, inside with the air conditioning was also yeah. you know, something that, you know, it's, it's be like, Oh, yeah, I'm just going to read or play with Lego. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here, I mean, our winters in Seattle are relatively mild. And so you can still, it might be a little cold and moist, but you can still like walk around the neighborhood, you know, pretty comfortably. You, you don't have to stay inside so you don't die. Um, right. <laughs> it's a little different, but yeah, yeah I, I, I wouldn't say it, it always feels like that zero sum of, you know, I got to get outside or stay inside, but um, definitely aware of, especially with the, with the kiddo, you know, getting that sense of whether he really needs to, to do movement or not. Um, although, mm-hmm. you know, he dances around all the time, so it's usually not too hard to find activity, uh, uh, within, within the day inside or out. So speaking of, uh, of, uh, Saskatchewan, um, so my, my, my dad and my sister and I have been doing like this online trivia thing, jet punk. And it's kind of like a fun family competition, you know, Oh, what'd you score on, on this round or, or whatever. But, um, I'm afraid to report that I, I did not know the answer to the regional capital of Saskatchewan. I missed it. I, I, I guessed all the, the Canadian cities I knew, even the ones I knew weren't in Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's too bad. So I'm assuming it was Regina, right? They had the, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the funny name that everybody thinks of. Um, but, um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious, which I was like, wait, 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 where does Chris live? Oh yeah. Maybe Saskatoon's the capital. <laughs> it's a big city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I do not know enough about your area of the world. Well, that's uh, that wraps up our episode for this week. And, uh, thank you for listening wherever you happen to be out in the world. If you want to hit us up on the internets, we are at 25 cent, 25 C arcade on Twitter. But uh, for now, thanks for listening to 25 Cents, our video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. And uh, of course, like I said, you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out our Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. If you want to uh, get involved with uh, maybe a D&D campaign here before, not, not, not just before summer, but at any point we might... <laughs> We might do it. Even a rainy day. We'll find some time to play. Yeah, or if it's too hot, too cold, whatever it is, it happens. So thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.